Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Hey, 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 good morning, Your Place Church. Super glad that you guys are braving the Arctic temperatures, right? It's like, come on, Oklahoma. I mean, we're hot and then we're, we're cold. Like, can we have just a gradual, uh, I would appreciate a gradual, you know, slide into winter, more of it like a, uh, I would take a two-month fall. Anybody else take a two-month fall? I would take a two-month fall. Hey, I wanted to tell you um, today, today, this month is actually October, and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but October is Pastor Appreciation Month. And I'm not saying that so you guys can be like, oh, Pastor Darian wants appreciation. No, no, you guys appreciate me really, really well. But we have other pastors that are on staff with us that deserve some appreciation and some accolades in, 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 in the sense that 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 says, let the elders or pastors who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. We would say, you know, the pastors, um, we would say those who, especially those who minister to you, uh, the word of God. So how many of you guys are thankful for the guys that are there to walk you through stuff? Amen. Come on. To minister to your children. Amen. Even those that come and, uh, and like are visiting with you before your surgery or maybe you're in a hospital stay. I mean, we have a lot of pastors on staff at Your Place Church, a lot of uh, people who do pastoring. They may not have a pastor behind their title, um, but they do a lot of pastoring or ministering, and we're so, so thankful for all of these guys. These guys would never ask for it. That's why I'm taking time in the service to give it to them. So one more time, let's give it up for the pastors of Your Place Church. Amen. Love you guys, all of you who are making a difference, um, who, are, who are giving your life to the sake of the gospel. Listen, get them a gift card. Tell them thank you. Fill their gas tank. Pay off their mortgage. Amen, everyone. Do something nice for the, ma- for the pastors at your place, church. I'm, I'm so thankful for those guys. Tyra and I said a long time ago, there's no way we could pastor this church alone by ourselves. There's no way. And not even just the pastors. We need every single person that serves on the dream team, every single person that's, that's working with our kids' ministry, every, every single behind-the-scenes person, you know what I mean, that, that really is the, the heart and soul of your place, church. And so for all of you who serve on the dream team, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we could not and would not do this without you. Last week, we started a brand new series that we've uh, titled Through the Valley. We're not going in the valley and staying we're going through the valley. Amen, everyone. And we're going to be healthy on the other side of the valley. Uh, we, we started telling you how faith comes. And we, we, we laid a foundation for the Word of God and how important the Word of God is. And then I gave you a bunch of scriptures. And I'm just going to read through them real quick. Mark chapter 5, verse 36. Jesus told him, don't be afraid. Just believe. Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we, you and I, walk by faith and not by sight. And that's a tough one for some because your eyes see some things. Your body feels some things. And so it's really hard sometimes for us to walk by faith and not by sight when we're inundated with what we see. We're inundated with our senses. Uh, The Bible says in Hebrews 11 says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe. Well, must believe what? Must believe two things. Number one, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Matthew chapter 21, 22 says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. It doesn't say you may receive. It doesn't say if you're a really good person. It doesn't say if you pray really, really, really hard. The Bible simply says, and we take the word of God at face value, you will receive if you have faith. I think we laid a pretty decent foundation last week that the Bible says that faith is a big deal to God. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then I ran you through a series of questions last week. 
Does being a good, good person please God? We want to say yes, don't we? We're like, well, of course God's pleased by that. But according to, let me say this, he's not displeased by that. But according to Scripture, faith pleases God. Does praying please God? Well, I mean, we, we want to say yes to that. But according to Scripture, the only thing that pleases God is faith. So praying in faith is what pleases God. What moves God? Faith. Faith in Him. Faith in His Word. Faith is this substance of things hoped for, right? This confidence, this, this assurance on the inside of us is what moves God. Does begging move God? Come on, your place, church. Does begging move God? Not according to the Word. Begging does not move God. Does need move God? Does desire move God? Does hope move God? Faith. Faith is what moves God. And I want to have another look at this today. And I know people are sitting here already and you're like, I don't know about any of this. This is why we're going to saturate you with Scripture today. We're taking you to Bible school. Now, this is unlike any other message I've done. I'm going to show you Scripture after Scripture after Scripture after Scripture what the Word of God says. And if you love Scripture, because Scripture is all we have to know the character and nature of God. It's not man's opinion. Are you with me, friends? It's Scripture is all we have. And so we've got to look at Scripture, not the tradition that we've, we were raised in. Listen, not even what preachers have told us. See how quiet I got just then? Whoa. No, seriously. Do not take my word for any of this. Do not take my word for it. You look at the Word of God. You see what the Word of God says for yourself. And then... You form your opinions based upon the Word of God, not what any man or woman says. Amen, everyone? So I want you to pray and believe God with me because here's what we know, and we're already starting to see this. The enemy of your soul, the devil, comes, the Bible says, the thief comes to steal the Word. He comes for the Word's sake. This is why anytime your, your faith is stirred in an area that all of a sudden it seems like something comes to challenge it. It's because the devil knows if you get a hold of this, this will change your life, this will change your kids, this will change your entire family line. So what's he going to try to do? He's going to try to throw something in front of you so that you either say it, it, it's not true, I don't believe it, or it doesn't work for me. And if you say one of those three things, he wins. And so we don't want you to do that. Amen? The Bible says when you've done all to stand, you stand. Amen? This, this thing, this, this faith life has a little bit of courage to it. Has a lot of courage to it. And so we want to believe God today, and I want you to believe God with me. Because in all three of our services today, they're all going to look like this, and there's going to be people with different stories, different backgrounds, and people who need God to move. Does God still want to move today? Yes, he does. Does he still move today? Yes, he does. So let's believe God together. Father, we love you. And Father, we see very clearly in your word that it's impossible to please you without faith. So Father, grow our faith today. Help us to see things, Father, that we've never seen before. And God, I pray, help us to not filter this through our previous experience what we've learned before in the past, God, we want to look at your word fresh. We want to look at your word anew. Father, we want to see things about you that we've never seen before, God. We love you. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for utterance today. I yield to the Holy Spirit. Use my words today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. I invite you to turn in your Bible, uh, if you have a Bible app, go to, you can go to Mark chapter 5. If you brought a physical Bible, it's over in the Gospels, uh, Mark chapter 5. I'm going to be reading this first portion through the NIRV, which is the, the reader's version. And uh, it's, it's, it basically, it, 
The first time we read this, we read it in a children's Bible, but it was the NIRV, and it just makes it, it, just makes it a little bit more easy to understand. Um, I, think, I think the Word of God is, is real, it's valid, it's, it's, it's focused, but there are some translations that are, that, are, that are translated directly from the original Greek and Hebrew. And the NIRV is one that's closely translated to the original translation. So I'm going to start reading verse 21. Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee in a boat. It landed at the other side. There, there a large crowd gathered around him. Then a man named Jairus came. He was a synagogue ruler. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and he begged. And I know some of you are like, wait a minute, I thought you said begging doesn't move God. Like, what's going on right here? Now, uh, we could simply say this. It, he pleaded with him to come. So he's not begging Jesus to heal him. He's, ple- he's pleading with him. Well, let's just keep reading. Please come. So he's actually begging Jesus not, not to heal his daughter, per se, but just to come with him. Just come and look at her. Just come and see for yourself, right? So he, he pleaded with Jesus, please come. My little daughter is dying. Then he says, place your hands on her to heal her. Then she will live. So Jesus went with him. Are you with me, friends? Then a large group of people followed the crowd around him. Uh, They crowded around him. A woman was there who had a sickness uh, that made her bleed. Now, some scholars believe that this had something to do with her menstrual cycle. It was just a constant, heavy, heavy bleeding. All the women in the room went, dang. Anyway, so... um, so others believe that this was like hemorrhaging uh, in the body, like her body was just bleeding internally. In other words, it's just a bad, bad situation. She's losing blood, and it's not just like every now and then. According to Scripture, it had lasted for 12 years. Dang. <laughs> she had suffered a great deal. Even though she had gone to many doctors, she had spent all the money she had, but was getting worse, not better. Verse 27, then she heard about Jesus. If you were here last week, man, she's filling that tank, right? She's filling that tank. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard about the miracles that Jesus was doing. She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. Verse 28 says she thought, King James Version says she actually said out her mouth, right, I just need to touch his clothes, then I will be healed. So she does this, right? Right away, her bleeding stopped. She felt in her body that uh, her suffering was over. Can you imagine the moment right here? Twelve daggum years. She touches Jesus' clothes, the hem of his garment, one translation says, right? Just so that like the very end of his, they wore robes, so the, the very end of his garment, she touches it, and instantly she feels something. She feels something. She could tell that her suffering, the scripture says, was over. Verse 30, not only did she feel something, at once Jesus knew that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes? Right? Verse 31, you see the people, his disciples answered. They're crowding against you. So you got you to you imagine scripture like a movie. You got to kind of watch, watch scripture happen. So here comes this synagogue ruler, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, please come, settle down, bro, all right, let's go. And so they start walking, right? And then the Bible says that crowds of people, and if you understand Jesus' ministry, any any place he was at, there were crowds of people. And so they're they're moving through the city square, so there's, there's huts and buildings, if you will, and so the people are trying to stay close to Jesus, so they're all real close to him, right? He's walking, all these people are bumping into him, and all of a sudden, something goes out of him. He stops, says, who touched me? And of course, the disciples are like, Lord, like we're all touching you, right? There's so many people pressing up against you. 
Verse 31, you see the people, his disciples answered, they are crowding against you and you still ask who touched me? Like they didn't understand. Like they're like, you know, what is Jesus got like personal space issues here, right? Uh, But Jesus looked around and he wanted to see who touched him. The woman came and fell at his feet. She knew what had happened to her. She was shaking with fear, but she told him the whole truth. Look at verse, verse 34. He said to her, dear woman, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. You're free from your suffering. Answer me, answer me, friends. What healed her? What was the specific faith? Her faith. Her faith. Don't skim over the word. Every word in Scripture is there for a reason. Her faith. According to Scripture, Jesus recognizes, girl, you got faith. There is something about you. Hey, your faith has healed you. Your faith in the Word of God. Your faith in my ability to do this. Now, remember what's happening here. Before this woman and the issue of blood showed up, here's this synagogue ruler, right? She, he comes up. My daughter's dying. We get the impression that it was any moment. As you read the Scripture, you kind of, I mean, if it was your daughter, you know what I mean? Like the little, the little you know, if it was us, we're in the hospital room, like the numbers don't look good. And even though they didn't have machines or numbers, they could tell by looking at her, oh, man, her breathing's changing. You know, her heart rate, her heart rate is changing. Jairus, this this doesn't look good. Here's that Jesus is in the community, takes off for Jesus, right? Master, please, my daughter, like, will you you just please come? Just, Just please come. And now Jesus is on his way to his daughter's house. In his mind, he's going, yes, yes. Yes, I have no other hope. This is all I have. Then this woman shows up and steals this miracle, right? Stops Jesus. And so that whole thing happens. I'm sure everybody's excited about what's going on. Here's Jairus over here going, come on, come on. That's super cool. Come do it for me. Come do it for me. Come do it for me, right? Right? So you got to imagine Scripture like it's a movie. Like see the Scripture in real time. Verse 35, while Jesus was still speaking, so like the whole thing with the, with the woman and the blood and all that stuff is still going on. Some people came from Jairus' house. He was the synagogue ruler. Your daughter's dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? So again, crowd, Jesus, miracle, Jairus is over here. No, it's this way. It's this way. It's this way. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, that's super cool. And then someone comes up and says, Sir, uh, your daughter's dead. Like, like this, like, what, why, are you, why are you bothering the master any, any longer? And so you got to understand, this is, this is the time before you know, cell phones, they couldn't just send him a text, you know what I mean? They couldn't call him, couldn't even, like, telegraph. Yeah, like, do none of that, right? The, at best, they could send a carrier pigeon, right? If the carrier pigeon knew where Jairus was. So, it is at best guess that they were actually there when she died. We have no idea how, how far away Jesus and Jairus were. We have no idea. We know that they're like, there, it happened. She, she breathes her last. I'm sure they wept a little bit. They're like, oh, my gosh, someone's got to go tell Jairus. It's not going to be me. You go tell. Fine. I'll tell him. And then they're going like, to walk to Jairus. You know what I mean? Because who wants to give him that news? So the picture that we see here is really, really grim. Verse 36, so they, they tell, why bother the teacher anymore? So here's Jesus. All these people are celebrating his ear. I'm sure that he catches what's going on. These Jairus' people come up. They tell him. I'm sure Jairus drops his head, and he's like, no, right? Look what Jesus said. Jesus didn't listen to them. 
he looked straight at Jairus and said, don't be afraid. What? Just believe. Just believe. We said last week, if you boil faith down to its lowest common denominator, it's just belief. Do I believe that he exists? And do I believe he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him? Just what? Believe. And so what is Jesus trying to do in this moment? He is tying the next few moments of this man's life and the miracle that he needs to his faith. Not whether or not Jesus can do it or not. He's tying it to his believing. Is this true? Am I making this up? Did Jesus say that? Then we have to read the scripture at face value. We have to understand what Jesus is saying. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. And people think, well, believing's hard. I get that. But you believed to get saved didn't you? Was that hard? Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so there was a point in everybody's life where we're like, that's true. There is a Jesus. There is a God. I believe this. And you say a prayer. Are we wondering if it worked? Do we we wonder if our salvation worked? No. Why? Because the scripture says, if I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, I'll be saved. Right? It's the same thing. Just like he paid for your salvation, he paid for your healing, he paid for your provision, he paid for your protection, he paid for your peace. Amen. Last week, we, we briefly spoke about how Abraham was considered to be the father of faith. We got heat in this room. Amen, everyone. Glory to God. Thank you for those who sowed last week because it worked. Amen. Moving right along. Many of us know the story of Abraham, right? Abraham wanted children, specifically his son to carry on his family name. Didn't have any children. Homeboy's getting old, right? Sarah, his wife, has never been able to have children. The Bible says that she, her womb was dead, meaning that she could not bear children. God tells him, you're going to be the father of many nations, which I'll get into this in a, later, in a later message. He changes his name from Abram to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. So because God changes his name, he walks around without children telling everybody, I'm the father of many nations. Why? Because he he trusted God, right? And the Bible says in Romans chapter 4 verse 18, the only way for, for Abraham to be the father of many nations, the only way for him to be a father is for him to have at least one kid, Right? which we know in Scripture he actually had more. But listen, verse 18 says, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Verse 19, without weakening in his faith. Without weakening, without Taking into consideration, right, that he's a hundred years old and that his wife has never had a child and she's old, I'm old, this ain't going to happen. He, no, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. In other words, it's not walking around going, he, he's not walking around going, I ain't old. I ain't old. You know what I mean? He, he faced the fact, the Bible says. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. 100-year-old people ain't, aren't having kids, typically. 
uh, since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. He faced the fact, faced it, yet he did not waver through what? Unbelief. He didn't waver through unbelief. Yeah, God, but it can't happen. I'm old. Yeah, she's never had a child. Trust me, we've tried, right? Had that whole Ishmael thing go down with the servant. You guys got to know the story. Don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Look at verse 21. Being fully persuaded. Not, well, let's try it. Not, I sure hope so. According to the word of God, which is the only thing we have to understand God, correct? According to the word of God, Abraham was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. Faith is believing. It's not just a word. It's, it's, it's a word that God uses that says, you want to please me? Believe. Believe. Well, how does faith come? You have to believe in something. Like, we need something to put our faith in. Faith is believing, which we understand that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, right? So how does faith come? According to Scripture, the only way that our faith grows, the only way that our faith builds is by getting His Word inside of us. Friends, listen to me. This is why we want you to journal. This is why we want you to read. This is why we want you... Devotions are great. There is a place for devotions. But it is the Word of God that builds your faith. And you can't play the card, well, I just don't understand it. We will help you with that. You can't play the card, I just don't have time. Listen. (laughs) Jairus didn't have time either. Synagogue ruler. Busy. But knew about Jesus. The time for God to move, the time for you to build your faith is not when your crisis hits you. The time to build your faith is long before you ever face life. Are you with me, friends? I just don't have time. Make time. It's life and death. We see that in the story of Jairus. It's life and death. There are several ways for you to build your faith. They all revolve around the Word of God, reading the Word of God, listening to the Word of God. We all have a commute at some point. Put that Bible app on talk, play, right? And it'll read you the Word of God. It's talking about getting the Word of God inside of you. This helps. Why? That's why I'm throwing the Word of God up on the screen so you can see it with your own eyes and get it inside of you. Why? I want to build your faith because it's your faith, not your grandma's faith, not your mama's faith, not even your little kid's faith because they got faith back there in that room. Amen, everyone? Man, we hear stories all the time. My grandkids or my kids or whatever came up, man, someone had something going on and they prayed and it left. Amen. Listen, it's your faith. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 says, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with demonstration of the Spirit's power. What is this saying? Sometimes you can see someone who has faith and believe God for things to happen, and it happens, and you're a believer. You know what I mean? Like, when we see the Word of God in action, it builds 
our faith. Verse 5 says, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but in God's power. Does this make sense, friends? So if faith is believing, and it comes through hearing or seeing a miracle, right, then how do we use it? How do we release our faith? I have to go back up because I have an illustration for you guys. Do you guys like my illustrations? Do these make sense, right? Good. Uh, Even if you don't, I'm still doing them. (laughs) Against all hope, Abraham believed. Sorry if you guys can't see because of the keyboard, right? So we're talking about faith. We all have faith. We determined that last week, right? Everybody's been given a measure of faith. Not everybody receives it. Not everybody understands it. And so if I am in life and I need a miracle, right? In this case, healing, okay? So I got a Band-Aid here, right? Here's a Band-Aid. I need healing. The Bible says that I'm going to believe God, right? Those who, who, who know that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, they believe God. They have faith. And then there is a moment in time when they release their faith. Well, how do they do that? They open their mouth. The woman with the issue of blood said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She understood. She believed. And there was a moment in time when she needed healing that she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, and immediately faith, I'll say it this way, her switch of faith was turned on, and the miracle started moving towards her. Does that make sense? Faith. We all have a switch. We all have something that is releasing our faith. Now, here's the thing. So many of us, we don't, we, once we say something and that thing's moving, all of a sudden, it's not here yet, is it? So all of a sudden, this little doubt pops up because we haven't found it yet because it didn't happen right when I needed it to happen, right? right. Yeah, but this is here. Some of us, it's cash. Like we need Benjamins and we need them now, Right? And then we pray and we believe God, and whatever it is, the Bible says the moment we pray, that starts heading our direction. But what happens is, is the moment we pray and this comes up, the doubt shuts it off. The doubt, the questions, the what ifs, the what ifs. Now, listen, this is what we think happens. We think that our doubt actually repels the blessing, right? It pushes it further away from us. No, 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 no. It just stops it. This is why Jesus was very specific. This is why Romans said that Abraham did not waver with unbelief. Because what happens is, is when we get question marks in our mind... It short-circuits our faith. And this, these are the what-if questions. Well, pastor, that's impossible. Is it? Because Jesus said it was entirely possible. Don't listen to them. Just believe. Don't listen to them. Just believe. I've told you this story before, but there's new people. It'll bear repeating. He hates it when I tell the story, but I tell it anyway because it was a time when God moved. It was March 2009. We are weeks away from launching Your Place Church. My brother calls me and says, you better head to the hospital. Dad's had a heart attack. And I'm like, okay, here we go. We're like setting this room up. Like if you guys could have seen this before it looked like your place church, it is just a where 
house. Forklift tracks in the floor, like it's a warehouse. We're trying to figure out air conditioning. We're trying to figure out walls. That's a banner right there. That's a billboard that we hung up and painted it black. If you go on the other side of that, it, it, there's like you see the banner. And so we're trying to figure out how we're going to turn this into a church, right? And so we do, and I get this call. I leave Tyra and the team with it, and I drive to Tulsa, St. Francis Cardiac Heart Hospital. And I go in, and, and he's had a massive heart attack, and they've got him out, 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 out. And we're there for several days. And one particular time, it was just me and my mom, and we had one doctor that was like, oh, he's young, you know, he'll pull through. He's, has he ever had a heart attack? No. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And then the other doctor, he would come in and he would be like, he's at a fork in the road. Right now, as I can best tell, he's at a fork in the road. If he goes this way, he'll be fine. But if he goes this way, it's, it's not going to be good. What does that do to somebody? I mean, you think you place the odds. It's 50-50. Flip a coin. Flip a coin. And that's what we feel like our chances are, right? And in that moment, doubt pops in to my head. You're the preacher. Yeah, also human. Doubt pops into my head. I start playing scenarios. Well, I guess mom can move in with me. We're going to have to figure out what to do with the house. And man, I, you know, like you start, you start running scenarios in your head. What does that do? Doubt floats in. And in that moment, even though I had prayed and even though I had believed God and I believed the thing was headed my way when this popped up, it's not that he got worse. My miracle stopped. Why? Because there's doubt looming. This is why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. It's looming. What if you, and then when you start role playing, well, I guess we'll move one of the kids out of their room. We can move mom in there and like, you know, we'll sell the house. And, you know, and then there's the lake property and like, what are we going to do? I'm sure Dennis will help. I mean, like you start, you start playing scenarios. And you know what the enemy's doing right now? Yeah, what about this? Yeah, oh, and you forgot about this. Oh, yeah, that's right. I have forgot about that. And I know enough about God and his word and how he works to stop myself. And mom and I, I we went to lunch, and um, um, we, stopped, we came back, and I, we passed the chapel. And we went into the chapel. And in that moment... I recognize this black balloon all over me. Like it's all I can see. All I see is the doubt. All I see are question marks, the what ifs. What are we going to do? 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 I don't want to lose my dad. Nobody wants to run that scenario. But in that moment, I went into that little hospital chapel, took my mom with me, and we sat in there. And I got my thoughts right. God, your word says. Woman with the issue of blood, your faith. They got him out. It's not like he can stand up and believe God for himself. He's out. Tubes, all of it. And in that moment, I felt it. This is on you. This is on you. And I hit my knees, and I got my thoughts right, and I dealt with it. And then just like Jesus spoke to the Peter's mother-in-law and said, fever, go, I started pleading. That's the wrong word. I started commanding. That's the right word. Commanding my dad's body to respond. To respond. They say he's in a fork in the road. Well, then he's taking this road. 
And the minute that I stood up and I said, he will live and not die. He will live and not die. I released faith. In that moment, I felt it. He will live and not die. And I had a peace come over my life. Grabbed my mom. We walked up to the hospital room where he was at. And when we walked in there, the nurse was like, walking around his bed. I'm like, what are you doing to him? And they're like, he's making us work. What does that mean? He's, he's, his heart has all of a sudden responded. All of a sudden, his vitals have come up. I'm dialing down his medication. I'm, I don't know what's going on, but he's making us work. It was within hours. His eyes were open. Are you with me, friends? He was, he was, they, they had that tube in there. It was, I think it was a day later. They wanted to make sure that everything was out of the system first. They unplugged that tube. They pulled that out. I still, I'll never forget. We're sitting there in the hospital room after, like, he's on the uphill, you know, swing. And he's like, I just want something to drink. <laughs> you know, it's like, my mouth is so dry. I just want something to drink. And we couldn't give him anything to drink. And so, so in that moment, I had to deal with my doubt. Don't let the negative thoughts ruin your miracle. Are you with me, friends? The what ifs, the question marks, against all hope, Abraham believed. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Right? Yet did, verse 20, yet did not waver through unbelief. James chapter 1 verse 6, is this the word of God? Is this true? Does anything take away from this? Does your story take away from this? No. I don't know what your story is, but it does not change the word of God. And God says, I look over my word to performance. James chapter 1, 6 says this, but when you ask, you must what? Believe. You must believe and not doubt. Why? Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown, tossed by the wind. The Word of God says that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wow. Wow. That's hard. No. God is like, I'm, sh I'm showing you how to do this. But if you choose not to, you shouldn't expect to receive anything. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Now, remember the woman. I got to finish the story. We got to go. Another service coming. Verse 27. This is the story, right? Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood. She heard about Jesus. How does faith come? Hearing. She heard about Jesus. She came in behind in the crowd and touched his clothes. For she thought, King James says, she said, I just need to touch his clothes. Then I'll be healed. Right away, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that her suffering was over. She said, the action that she had was, I, this is it. I decree it. I just got to touch his clothes. I just got to get to Jesus, right? The minute I said, he will live and not die, faith was released in my life. If we finish the story, verse 36, but Jesus did not listen to them, right? Your daughter's dead. No, no, no. Jesus did not listen to him. Don't be afraid. Don't let doubt come. Don't walk by sight. Just, what did Jesus say? Believe. He let only Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, follow him. 
this is important. When you're going through a battle like this, you want the people who believe with you with you. You don't want naysayers. You don't want people who are like, oh, but what if? You know what I mean? These guys were with him. Of the 12, these three were the closest. They came to the home of the synagogue ruler there. Jesus saw a lot of confusion, a lot of pandemonium, wailing. She's gone. A lot of confusion, the Bible says. People were crying and sobbing loudly. We get that. Like this girl has died. But you got to have something that they don't have when you walk into the room. They were crying and sobbing loudly. He went inside, and then he said to them, Why all this confusion and sobbing? The child is not dead. She's only sleeping. But they laughed at him. Make no mistake about it, friends. When you, when you take a stand on some areas, people will laugh at you. And you have an opportunity right then if you care more about what they think or about what God thinks. You have an opportunity right then. They laughed at him. He made them go outside. Get out. He took only the child's father and mother. Child safety rules, I'm sure. You know what I mean, right? And the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. He took her by the hand, and then he said to her, that word. (laughs) This means little girl. I say to you, is he praying? God, you know this sweet, sweet child. You took a flower for your garden too soon. Lord, we're asking you, if it's your will, come on, I'm taking over some sacred cows right now. If it's your will, friends, we know the will of God. We don't have to pray it's his will. We know his will. Every single person who came to Jesus left healed. The only time that there was no miracles was when the people said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't, what is that? Is, I know Jesus, little Jesus, yeah. He used to come over and play with my kids. Who does he think he is? Are you getting it? This is the word of God. This is not someone's opinion. Take it at face value. Don't read into it. Don't change it because of something you've been told. Well, God doesn't really do that anymore. Show me the scripture that says that God doesn't do that anymore. You won't find it. Stop making excuses for the word. According to the word of God. Verse 42 says the girl was 12 years old. Gives us her age. She's just a little girl. Right away, she stood up. Jesus didn't pray. He said, well, girl, get up. She stood up, walked around. They were totally amazed at this. And it's okay. The very first time you see a miracle, it's it's okay to go, wow. When we walked up and they were working around my dad, it was okay for me to go, yes. My little girl broke her arm on the trampoline, and Tyra spoke to that arm and commanded it to be healed, and it went, and she was like, can I go play on the trampoline now? It's okay to go. Okay. 
Amen. They were amazed at this. Jesus gave strict orders not to let anyone know what had happened. And he told them to give that girl something to eat. <laughs> Been sitting there a long time. Amen. Faith is believing, not doubting. Faith comes by hearing and being in the room. Why did he want the disciples to come in there? Fellas, come here. You need to watch this. You need to watch this go down. Boom. Faith is released when you speak it, when you say it. We've got a whole lot more to go, guys. All I'm asking you to do is keep your switch of faith turned on until the miracle finds you. Amen? And some of you, it's not, it's not healing that you need. Some of you, 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 need, you need the miracle. You need the money. We're going to talk about that in November. Amen. <laughs> Father, I'm out of time. God, I thank you because I can sense it. Faith is building in this room. Faith is building in this room. God, help us to understand that you are not a respecter of persons. If you did it for one, you'll do it for everyone. The key is, in the woman with the issue of blood, her faith, her faith, her faith. Lord, in the story with Jairus, the key was, listen, don't be afraid. Just believe. Don't be afraid. Just believe. God, we see, we see this theme all the way through Jesus' ministry. We see this all the way through the Bible. Without faith, it is impossible to please you. Faith is what moves God. Trusting, believing, seeking you. Increase our faith, Father, by the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.